Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A desire to bring the truth to the forefront and a refusal to back down. The Roy Green Show continues. All right. Burn blue on the sea, loose and can bleed under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so it danced the sidewalk clean. My memory is muddy, what's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim. I'll tell you something else that's sinking. It's our uh, oil industry and it's our natural gas industry. And it appears that Ottawa knows why. Well, no, they know it's happening. Hold it, hold it, hold it. They don't know why. That's it. They don't know why, and that's why they're spending $280,000 to study why Canada's oil and gas sector is falling behind. Now, let me just quote from a story that was carried on Global News. The federal government plans to spend up to $280,000 for a new study on Canada's competitiveness in the oil and gas industry as investment lags and the United States offers new incentives for companies to move south. An advance contract award notice prepared by Natural Resources Canada and made public on Wednesday morning puts the call out for an outside supplier to do the work with international consulting firm Wood Mackenzie identified as the preferred candidate. The document uses unusually stark language to describe the current state of affairs in the Canadian energy sector, noting that investment in our oil and gas industry fell by over 50% between 2014 and 2016. Uh, I'll read you a few more words here. The Liberal government, in an ongoing effort to position Canada as a global leader on climate change, has made it clear that it wants to see the Canadian oil and gas industry pivoting toward more innovative technologies that would reduce its environmental footprint. Legislation now making its way through Parliament is also expected to result in a complete overhaul of how future energy projects are assisted or assessed rather and approved in Canada. I love this. A spokesperson for the Office of Natural Resources Minister Jim Carr said Wednesday that the minister is, quote, aware of the short-term challenges facing the industry and recognizes that the natural resource sector, including oil and gas, remains a major contributor to the economy. This is a classic example of talking out of all three sides of your mouth at the same time. A spokesperson for the Office of the Natural Resources Minister, Jim Carr, said Wednesday that the minister is aware of the short-term challenges facing the industry. Short-term challenges. Would that be because all of the renewables are just about ready to come online and completely displace oil and natural gas? 
and recognizes that the natural resource sector, including oil and gas, remains a major contributor to the economy. However, we'll be damned if we're going to fund them (laughs) or help them in any way other than in the most obsequious manner. So now we're going to spend $280,000 to find out why the oil and gas industry is falling behind. Now, as soon as I read that, I thought Vivian Krauss. My first thought was I have to ask Vivian for her thoughts on this. Vivian, uh, you go to at Fair Questions on Twitter, is, of course, the journalist who has, for the benefit of the rest of us, uncovered the fact that there are massive amounts of money being poured into Canada from the United States, and they're being directed toward eco-groups and uh, indigenous groups to get in the way of pipelines. Why? Because the Americans get our oil at such a tremendous discount, and they like it that way. They don't want a pipeline that's going to be able to make our oil and uh, affordable, and or at least available to, we'll decide if it's affordable, uh, to the rest of the world. Vivian, $280,000. Thank you for joining us at Fair Questions. $280,000 to determine why our oil and natural gas industries are falling behind. Well, hi, Roy. Thanks <laughs> hi. so much for, uh, for having me back, and I'm glad to, to chat with you about this. If I can, Roy, I, I just uh, uh, can't help want to send a hug to all of your listeners in Humboldt and in Saskatchewan, and I guess in, in the in the hockey family across Canada. I think a lot of us are have heavy hearts today and are are thinking of all those families, you know, who still have their sons in the in the hospital. And so I just wanted to say that. And um, and thank yeah, you for this, that. Yeah. But um, to, to get back to your, your, your issue here, the question, yeah, I, I saw that in the news and I just couldn't believe it, just shaking my head. You know, um, we have one of the best oil and gas uh, industries in the world and, um, you know, world leaders in, in, in many aspects of the industry are, you know, outstanding technical expertise, uh, conscientious, competent people. They're, you know, consultants all, all around the world. And I figure, you know, it certainly doesn't take $280,000 to figure out what the issues are. Probably a few phone calls to Calgary and, <laughs> and the Prime Minister's office should have everything it needs to know. And we'll spot you know, them the so. area code. It's 403. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's there's something else we, we, we need to, to kind of remind ourselves. And this is what I thought of uh, right away is that, of course, you know, there's been a flurry of op-eds and, and, you know, discussions about, you know, how uh, insulting this sort of spending is uh, to a lot of us who want to see our taxes spent uh, effectively. You know, I want to see our money spent on, on successful initiatives. And this, you know, just is unacceptable. It fails, fails that standard of value for money. But we've got to get past that, I think, and, and think more constructively um, you know, criticism is good. It, it's great um, when we point out things that are, are not acceptable uh, and we, we make it clear as citizens why we find them unacceptable. But I think we need also to be constructive and say, OK, well, you know, here's here's our our concrete suggestions. Um, and especially, I think, those of us you know, who share uh, probably the ideas of a lot of your listeners, we, we need to get uh, constructive, you know, uh, especially on the energy file. We, we're in a mess right now. We've got this uh, 
situation now where, you know, you haven't even got uh, shovels in the ground on the Kinder Morgan pipeline, and we've had more than 100 arrests. You know, we had police officer kicked in the head. We've had pl- multiple police officers injured by the protesters. And we're now in a situation where we can't get basic infrastructure projects built without hundreds of arrests and police officers injured. And we need to ask ourselves, I think, how did we get here? And what the heck do we do now? We need to, you know, get practical and, and think of a go-forward plan, you know, much more than just criticizing, you know, um, what is coming at us. Those of us who want to see things done differently, we need to get organized and, um, you know, get our, bring our best minds together and say, okay, here's a better set of ideas. Because if we don't like the ideas that the government has, okay, well, well, what's better? What have we got? We can do. We we know we can do better. So we have to get those better ideas um, organized and presented, and and that's the way I think we'll go forward. I don't disagree with you. I think though that we have, as you said, we have a very very effective oil and gas industry and a very responsible oil and gas industry in Canada already. And for the federal government to say they want to have an international company reviewing why our oil and gas industry is falling behind, not a Canadian company, but a, a, an international company. And I, I, I buy into your let's prove them wrong to their faces position. But here's my thinking about why they're doing this. I was holding back on this for just a second. Because somehow, some way, by the time the conclusion arrives, the $280,000 conclusion arrives, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been worked out by this international company they're going to hire. The bottom line is going to be, it's their fault, not ours. And their fault will mean the industry, and it'll mean conservatives who stand by, with the idea of, of pipelines. And ours will be the liberal government in Ottawa and anybody who's opposed to uh, pipelines. So the conclusion will be, Vivian, I predict, and I'll eat a... A hamburger, if I'm wrong, is <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's their fault, not ours. Yeah, well, you know, we 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 um, how can I put this nicely? You know, don't bother. I ha- I hate to say this, but the oil and gas industry um, could have done a few things better and differently. You know, and. This this has grieved me for a long time now, is that all of this negative information about our industry has been allowed to perpetuate. And activist groups over and over for years, for 10 years running, have been saying things about our oil, one of our most important national exports, that are just plain false. And the industry, unfortunately, has failed to... Uh, to, to speak up effectively mm-hmm. and say, hang on a second, let's set the record straight, you know. And because they have failed to do that, this negative narrative about, you know, the, the for example. Um, well, let me, take a quick, let me take a quick break, Vivian. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. Because right. what's happened as well is they have insisted on, and I think the, I think the uh, government, certain governments have insisted on this as well, that they will bring certain Hollywood celebrities that can't stand the idea of Canadian oil into Canada and have them like Leonardo DiCaprio and have them stand there pointing out that a Chinook is absolutely clear evidence 
that global warming is destroying the planet. We'll come back with Vivian Krauss. I want to hear what she says about the oil industry itself. Stay with us. He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Uh, Sylvie Kellington, by the way, is the person who was responsible for the GoFundMe campaign for the Humboldt Broncos. And that's now, as we've been telling you, well over a million dollars. Well over a million dollars. Let's go back to uh, Vivian Krause at Fair Questions on Twitter. Vivian, so what is it the oil company, uh, the oil companies in the oil industry should have been doing that they didn't do? Well, I, I think what's happened is, you know, there was this there's systematic campaign. We've talked about it before on your show. It's been 10 years running now, and it's a thing called the Tar Sands Campaign. It's an activist campaign started and funded by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund. And from the get-go, it sought to negatively brand Canadian oil as what they call, the, and I quote, the poster child of dirty fuel. Well, of course, if it was, if our oil is the poster child of dirty fuel, it would make it would be fine for activists to portray it that way, but it's not. And so they've created a false narrative about the carbon emissions that are generated from producing oil from the oil sands being three to four times higher than they are for conventional crude. Well, that's just inaccurate. It's not true. So that on that, that point of fact, that is where the industry should have said years ago, hang on a second. No, it's not the dirtiest oil in the world. And there should have been a, a, a concerted effort to provide the, the whole truth about Canadian oil. Yes, the emissions are a little bit higher, but in fact, with co-generation, in fact, there's Canadian oil produced that has lower emissions than, than some of the U.S. crudes. And there's Californian oil that has higher emissions than the average Alberta crude. So that, that it's, a, it's a more complicated story. And the problem is that industry just kind of ignored this whole activist campaign and has never really bothered to, uh, to go toe-to-toe. And, that, you know, a lot of people in industry, and oil is not the only industry. All the major resource-based industries have made this mistake. They, don't, they say they don't want to dignify the activists, so they just ignore them. But what happens is the activists keep, you know, keep uh, pounding away and destroying the reputation of the industry. And, effect, and eventually, by the time the industry wakes up, it's usually too late. If you don't offer any opposition, you're eventually going to win. I mean, you're going to let the other side win. If you don't offer, offer up any credible opposition, you will allow the other side to win. Yeah. And that's why I've been pointing out now for years that the money behind these activist campaigns is big. Because I've been trying to say, hey, guys, you know, as a, as a matter of business intelligence here, you know, you've got to know what you're up against. You're doing a SWAT, your strengths, you know, weaknesses, opportunities, and, and threats. You need to have activism in the threat box as in capital letters, big, bold capital letters, because activism isn't what it used to be. You know, back in the day when the Greenpeace guys were trying to stop, you know, the nuclear testing up in Alaska, Patrick Moore and Rex Weiler and all those guys, no one was paying them. You know, Greenpeace now has a $300 million annual budget. Activism has become big business. So resource-based industries cannot afford 
to look at activism through the same lens that they had 10 or 20 years ago. So when the government uh, authorizes a $280,000 study, they have some really significant backup already in place because the industry hasn't provided itself with the ammunition to fight back effectively. Yeah. Well, we're really in a pickle now because with the governments that we have in British Columbia and Alberta and also the federal government, all that this activist campaign needs to do now is help keep those governments in power because these governments have adopted essentially, well, the, the, the Alberta NDP government is now pivoting uh, on the Kinder Morgan pipeline at least. But, you know, they, there's been no support for, for Energy East, no meaningful support from the federal government, certainly none for, for the Northern Gateway. So that's what we've seen, what I've seen in, in tracing the funding is a major shift from what I would call issue-based environmental activism to elections activism. I wrote a couple of pieces, one on my blog called Who is Dogwood? Who funds Dogwood and why? And that shows how, in fact, now the top-funded organizations in these activist campaigns are the ones who, ba- who battle it out at the ballot box in elections, municipal, provincial, and federal. So we need to now see how, in fact, the governments are being, co- being co-opted into this activism. And I actually, one of the first things I did when I saw this study uh, announced was look and see who's funding um, um, Wood McKinsey. Because there are some, some of the consulting firms, McKinsey, for example, McKinsey & Company has received $42 million for consulting studies as part of the climate movement. Right. So you need to look and see, Okay, whatever company you're hiring, what else are they doing? And are they in a position where, in fact, they're getting way more money from some foundation that's part of the funding, the anti-oil campaign? For example, Climate Works, the one that paid McKinsey 42 million, also funds the tar sands campaign. So do you when they are then funded by the federal government to write a paper who, you know, are they influenced by the other things that they're funded to do? Does the federal government's paper become, in fact, another sort of tool in the arsenal that then then the activists now say, oh, look, even the Canadian government is saying X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the whole picture of who's funding who and what all are they doing, not just one particular uh, contract and report in isolation. Yeah, it's uh, it's their fault, not ours, will be the, will be the inevitable conclusion. And, and I agree with you. The industry's helped by not stepping up and standing up and and really challenging and 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 battling it out with the uh, with the forces that are arrayed against them. Vivian, thank you so much. It's always great. Hey, always a pleasure, Roy. Thanks so much. All the best, Vivian Krauss at Fair Questions on Twitter, and if you go there, you'll be able to find out about her blog as well at Fair Questions. Beauties on the Beasts next.